Welcome to Authentic Living with Roxanne, a place where we have conscious conversations about things that really matter in our lives. And now, here's your host, Roxanne Derhage. Hi, everyone. It's uh, Roxanne Durhodge. Thanks for tuning in again today to Authentic Living with Roxanne. Today, I have a special guest, Lisa Caprelli. And Lisa is from Forbes. And uh, her and I had the, um, I think we ran across each other a couple of times and I was intrigued. Um, and we had the opportunity to start talking a little bit about what she does. So let me tell you a little bit about Lisa. And Lisa, thanks so much for coming on, on today and spending the time with us. Thank you. My pleasure. So she's, like I said, she's a Forbes contributor. She's a storyteller, which I love storytelling. So it's going to be amazing to hear um, how she puts across the information that's so vitally important around um, children. She's a children's author, a songwriter, which when I heard that on Forbes, I was intrigued. I remember the first time I I, uh, I listened to you, to you chat on the uh, Forbes Women's Council. And she's uh, also created a, a I'm going to say a character called Unicorn Jazz, uh, which she uses a lot in her keynotes and uh, presentations in schools um, and a TV series. Uh, it's called The Thing, the TV series. Am I correct? I do. Yeah. It's the, thing the Thing I, I do. do. The Thing I Do. There we are. And uh, for those that uh, can't see, she's just holding up a book um, of, of um, the series. So Lisa, I'm so privileged to have you on and it's it's often nice to have people that have different expertise that might impact employees right because yeah. I think as leaders we think about from that frame what is it that's impacting employees but I want to talk a little bit about kind of how the systems around employees how that impacts them and kind of your sweet spot which is obviously around children but before we jump into that which we have a lot to talk about Tell me a little bit about you and what kind of what a unique career you've uh, crafted here. You know, I didn't know I was going to grow up and be a children's author of a unicorn, unicorn jazz and how she would make an impact. Um, And it it comes from helping and giving back even through my childhood. So I grew up in El Paso, Texas. I'm the middle child, a Hispanic family, and we grew up really poor. So I, I often say we had humble beginnings. Um, I wouldn't trade it for the world because it really, um, you know, made me the person we are. As many of us have had experiences in life and many people have had trauma and struggles. So um, for me, it's just another story and angle that my life took a turn. Um, I grew up really shy, like my character, Unicorn Jazz. So I was able to go back into my childhood and in a way I wanted to fix things I wish I had and that for other children, you know, that we're all unique, unique, unicorn. That's why when kids always ask me, why did you pick a unicorn for the character? Well, cause we're all unique and different. And we, I really want people to celebrate it. And we do see that celebrated in diversity today. We do, you know, I, I'm always um, in awe of, of leaders and musicians and and people that are saying that we're supposed to be different and again growing up nobody taught us these things to celebrate it and that we all have different things we do and talents that's why the thing I do is really about the things that you do and to appreciate each other's um, differences 
And, um, but yeah, I was, um, I only started Unicorn Jazz in 2018, changed my life. I had 25 years in business, marketing, PR, I had agency. I had different businesses of my own. I helped people launch and market and grow their business to some really high success levels. Mm. And um, th- right before Unicorn Jazz, I went on a, on a three-year journey to create this book called Skip a Step, I'm showing for those who are you know, able to watch, if not, you gotta watch this video by Roxanne, this podcast. So skip a step in parting wisdom for young entrepreneur minds. I interviewed um, 12 different entrepreneur and leaders, and then I made chapter 13, the last chapter mine, on why I believe it's important for those of us that can, as leaders, help the younger generation. We were once them. So in, in making this book for teens and, and college students, it was, um, different uh, leaders, uh, notable leaders, and uh, that gave tips like I'm going to read from the back of my book. Dean Del Sesto says, "Money is not the most important part of a business. Relationships are. People are more rewarding than money." I mean, I had so many amazing um, people that I interviewed: TED Talk uh, speaker Oprah, on Oprah, Jessica Jackley, all these amazing people. And by the end of Skip a Step, getting it published, which was an arduous task. I mean, to do a chapter book, I think is more work than a picture book that I've created now. <laughs> but, and it comes with a journal, Skip a Step. And it was really um, steps that I wish I could have skipped to learn faster and have been surrounded with knowledge of wisdom from the collective body of people at a young age. Um, and people, we need people to believe in us at all wow. stages of life, you know? So it was from skip a step and after being done with the book and then really, really being impacted by the messages that, you know, don't accept no and, and all these people that went on to do amazing things. And many of them had, all of them had trials and tribulations. So I was no different. And it was from that, that I asked myself, well, what is my purpose? What is, what am I really born here to do? And, you know, one of the, um, one of the chapter one, Michael Gerber, who wrote the E-Myth series, one of the last questions I asked him is, uh, he was 80 years old when I interviewed him, Roxanne, and he, I said, well, what is the mean, meaning of life to you, you know? And he's like, well, the meaning of life is to create, and we're all here, born here to do something, you know, if we can, impactful, and, and take advantage of, of our innate inability, innate abilities and gifts. So, for me, I knew I was a good writer. That was one of the forefronts of my, even as a child, um, I always say my only voice was on paper. That's why I was a good writer. So who knew that me being shy, introverted, getting my thoughts out on paper then would help the rest of my life and careers because I was always the one that would write the letter or write the social media message when that became prevalent, write, rewrite someone's website. And realizing that everything comes from a well-developed, crafted message. So I thought, well, I want to have fun in whatever I do in starting over. And I just was drawn to going back to my childhood and creating picture books, um, creating a character that I would copyright and trademark, kind of like there's Hello Kitty, there's Mickey Mouse. And I was like, well, now there's Unicorn Jazz. That's amazing. So... I, you know what I what I find interesting is that you say that we all have such a unique path, right? Like you're, yeah. you know, um, with your Hispanic background, I was born in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so kind of, you know, indentured laborers went to the islands mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that whole identity path that kind of follows you. And I, in writing my, um, my recent book, I talked a little bit about 
what the reality was of indentured laborers, because it wasn't like slavery, but it pretty was pretty close. And kind of the impact on colonialism and what it did to my heritage and my identity and what I bring forth in what I do today. So it's interesting that you talk about that and all these amazing people. Yeah. It's like finding what, like, what's your why? Like, why, why yeah. are you doing what you're doing? Which is amazing. And, and everybody, I, almost everyone I talk to, because I, I make it a, my background in degrees in social psychology. I know you have a, a, a I, I'm enamored by your background too, in, in this quest for studying human behavior, what makes people do things, you know, the emotions and feelings that affect us all. And some people are, have more empathy than other people, you know, personality differences. And, and as much as I was like, like a straight A student, pretty much even through college. And I, I have the zest for learning, which we can all be lifelong learners. And one thing I realized was through communication that comes the social emotional learning that's now so needed and wanted back in, in starting with schools and with children that wasn't around for you and I when we were young. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, um, children are going to grow up to be adults. Children are going to grow up to work, be in the workforce. And you're not going to, you, no one gets taught everything at home by their parents. No one, there's no perfect manual to raising children. There's no, you know, it, life is, comes with a, a lot of ups and downs for everyone. And in fact, I find that adulting is hard. I just always say, God, I just want to be a child forever. <laughs> Guess what? I can't do that now. And now you understand when you, my parents used to say, you just, you're such a rush to grow up, just enjoy it. And now I'm like, darn, I should have listened to them when they said that, right? Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's so true. And so I, I just always feel we're all doing the best we can. Many people have a story. I, I come across stories of trauma and struggle with so many people. And and a lot of times, because I've, I've now created, authored, uh, published 17 books, 18 books and counting, a lot of people say, I have a story. And then they tell me this story. And, and I'm like, everyone has a story. It's Again, do you want to be defined by that story if you did have struggle and trauma? Or do you want to be defined by now what you're going to create and put out in the world and what's the legacy you're going to leave behind? So it was through a lot of self-development, a lot of, of learning from great leaders and and in really wanting to better myself and to not let my story of my past define me. Because we we it's a decision that you can make to change your life. No one can force anyone to change their life but yourself. And um, I'm grateful that I, I, I believe in God and I believe through God all things are possible. But, you know, life is a constant, it's constant work as we grow up. And then you get older and then, you, you know, there's health and, you know, all these different things. So I just find that I give a lot of grace to people these days. I am a lot more patient. It, nothing ever is going to go the way you want it to go. Life is not a fairy tale, even though it's easy to write about fairy tales. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, you know, I want I want to talk a little bit about the perspective of relationships, right? So I was a, a health and wellness executive for uh, over 20 years. And, you know, regardless of the size or sector of company that I we worked with, um, was that we found the, the one, 65% of all people that end up taking days off from work was related to relationships, right? Mm -hmm. So that could be, you know, a couple relationship, family relationship, blended families, dealing with elderly family, Mm -hmm. you know, family Mm -hmm. members, because most of us are in Mm -hmm. kind of that stage where we're, you know, we're still kind of raising our children or they're just there. 
and we're helping our, our, you know, our parents that are elderly. So it's showing you the impact that we need to get better in relationships. So when leaders or CEOs or senior mm -hmm. leadership teams are looking at their people, they really have to look at what are by osmosis, the extensions associated with your employees. Like what is it that's impacting them? And to your point, little people become big people and the little problems become adult problems. And those are the ones that you kind of get into conflict on teams or I can't, mm -hmm. you know, I can't mm -hmm. I disagree with, you know, Lisa's mm -hmm. personality or, you mm -hmm. know, those types of things. So it's really like a big sandbox, I'm going to say, except we're all kind of wearing, yeah. you know, yeah. big people pants kind of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you, you have, you know, boys, um, personalities, of course, different than girls. I grew up with sisters. So I, I had this ignorance that, oh, you know, the way men think is, is different than women. And it's just, again, to appreciate each other's differences and perspectives and realizing um, that we all didn't grow up in the same family dynamics. <laughs> we all don't like the same food. We all don't have the same habits, but yeah. And, 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 you know, there's, you take that into the workplace, which, you know, we grow up and we got to work, we got to make a living for ourselves and career is a big part of, of many people's lives. And, and, and to me, I, I believe that you should be happy at what you do and not, you know, some people may grow up to do something that was for the money and, and they, not they're not happy doing what they love and I then I feel well developed interest interest and hobbies outside of work Absolutely. but um because so many people may do something for for the money for the paycheck and and be really miserable and then they end up walking away from that thing so for me I just again going back to childhood if you could identify or help children who become teens who become adults to enjoy what they do and to find some purpose and you know hopefully career in that or maybe it's a side career maybe it is a hobby um you know musicians I get to work with so many talented kids that's that um I met since the pandemic in in songwriting and doing music videos I would have to go to these kids because I'm not a great singer I I wish I was again the thing <laughs> I do is I'm not a good singer but I rely on talent but I can help write songs Right and, right. and so in seeing these kids that I've worked with that are part of the, sh the show that's now on Amazon TV and an app called Kids TV that's worldwide, um, these kids are incredible at their craft and they want to grow up to be a well-known singer, to be an actor, actress, and many of them will and some of them won't. And it's like, what is your plan B, your plan C in life? I, I couldn't have become a children's author right out of college. I, I needed to go through the life experiences I did. It was nice to go through and, and help many people um, grow their businesses as an entrepreneur. And the same for me, I learned, I, I when I moved to California 21 years ago, um, I started up a mortgage and real estate company with a partner and we did, it was to this day, one of the most you know money successful businesses I've had, but I wasn't happy come recession before I wasn't happy with the pace. I wasn't happy with the, you know, how much pressure was to manage employees and make them happy. And, and even though I, I could have always stayed in that, in that business, I, I walked away. I needed to choose my own identity and something that I was going to, you know, enjoy doing. And, and I feel like you, sh your work should be something that you're so excited to do you know and again not everyone gets to do that but when people are around me and children adults they are inspired because I am happy 
that I've created this. And it, it's come with risk. It's come with going backwards during the pandemic as many businesses. I was one of them, but all I did was keep creating more books, more content, because I was no longer being able to able to go into schools and speak to the whole, you know, um, grade levels of schools. You know, sometimes 800, 1,000 kids I'd speak to in one day come Zoom, come virtual times that we could do. I'm able to do that. Still not the same in person. And we know that. So all the world has gone through massive change since the pandemic, every single person. And it's now you know, things are lifting, you know, slowly and surely. And, and I'm just grateful for the time that and the way we were isolated, many of us, but then what did you do with that time? I created a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Likewise. So let's talk a little bit about um, kind of what you do in schools, because I, I'd like to kind of talk about the angle of yeah. what kids are going through, right? And then what in turn parents might be getting, going through and how that impacts people having, you know, now we're going back to work and things are opening back up. What are some of the things that we need to kind of be aware of with reintegration out of this, you know, isolation into kind of back into schools, back into all the activities that kids might be doing again? Yeah. Yes. Thank you for asking that. Well, because of all the changes that many of us went through in homes, whether, you know, you had children in school, depending on the age they they were, during the social distancing time, um, it was really hard. As I, I constantly talked with teachers, librarians, and the fear that kids were, you know, uh, having to have with the mask and the, you know, the COVID and all these different things. And, um, you know, the playtime changed and the, the kids were isolated too. You know, I mean, it was, it's, it's this huge aftermath that I think we're going to deal with for a long time. And for me, I look at it when I go into a school or when I, when I'm able to, to speak to a classroom or even if it's one child to focus on the happiness within that we do have, what, what, what are you grateful and happy for today? And, you know, one of unicorn jazz, um, my book series are known for being, um, offering social emotional learning points, for example, you know, how, how can we help and give back, whether it's opening the door for somebody, making them feel good. That's you're helping someone, um, acceptance you know, teaching children to accept who they are, whatever color their hair is, whatever their race is, you know, and having that acceptance. And we are seeing that more and more. There's, I, I really feel that media and social media has really changed um, the diversity outlook on things. Um, you know, it's important to have compassion. How are we teaching mm-hmm. compassion, you know, at home and at school, because someone may be thriving and another kid may not be, but you don't know what's going on in, in their home. We don't know where they're coming from. And it's having empathy to, to love one another, empathy to understand that, that we are all different. Is somebody struggling rather than getting angry at that, that position, maybe there's something going on. How do we have compassion and, and show, show kindness to one another? Um, I think through this time, what's um, in, in some of the coaching that I've done, uh, with parents and say, for instance, teenagers, that a lot of teenagers are lost because of course, you know, nothing like the most awkward stage there is. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out your identity. You have conflict, you have groups and all that. And uh, I actually wrote an article not too long ago about, and the, the, the term that I'd heard from a lot of teens is teens aren't peopling. That was the term, right? They're just yeah. like, they're not peopling. So yeah. they've lost that time period, Lisa, and now they're stuck and they're feeling like nobody gets them. It's bad enough going through that stage. Do you believe 
my parents will get me, but they believe that a lot of even people within their subgroups aren't, right? Whether they stayed at home, whether they kind of went to, to school in person, they were losing all, they were constantly going through loss because they were kind of being, you know, shut out of Snapchat groups because one person was in person and one person was virtual. So a lot of spinning developmentally. So is that something that you're finding that a lot of oh, kids yeah. are experiencing? Well, and I have a teenager, by the way. So oh, and, okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, you know, it's 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 also the technology, the the influx of technology where kids now grow up with their phone. We didn't have that. We're older than YouTube and Google. I often remind kids. Um, you know, the to the there's pluses and minuses to everything, and um, I just find that it's it's really hard. I mean, you'd have to take away technology from kids to then have that human connection that we're talking about, but we can't be mad that that's what they have become, you know, like we do it too. We just, it's just, I, I, it's an interesting divide. And, and I, I do see the challenges in, in younger, the younger generation having the human connections that you and I are used to, but is it, I mean, of course we want them to have this, but what we think is more of a interconnected relationship. Um, but at the same time, I mean, this, there's, I don't know that there's a solution. The solution is to grow up and like the solution is to teach them the differences. Just like we have to have self-discipline and put our phones down and not be, you know, so over-consumed by it. Cause I think many of us have that. So I, you know, for, I've learned now um, to like to put my phone away on the weekends. On Sunday yes. for me, it's family yeah. day. I hardly ever look at it. I, you know, but that took a long time for me to get to that level. So it's living, it's leading that example to children that you can, you can change, you know, what you're doing in, in over be, being over consumed with technology. Right, so and parents are having a lot more pressure in different ways, right? Like, I mean, if you think about it, I have a a 20, 20 year old. So I'm kind of out of that space, yeah. right? Because he's pretty independent. But I think of parents like of younger ones that have been at home and both parents have been working and, you know, trying to kind of juggle having online school. And maybe you have a, you know, a five-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a, a 15-year-old in a home trying to kind of, you know, you got all that stuff because generally you could kind of go, you could drop them off at school, you could go to your job, you could focus just on your job do your things. Yes, there's pressures there, pick them back up and kind of do it. But there was such a, a collision of every possibility under the same roof for two years that parents are stressed who are employees. They're bringing that back, obviously, with them to work now. And yeah. somewhere in there, everybody's supposed to flow and, and you know, oh, and yeah. get back in this stride, you know? Yeah. And it's yeah, going to be difficult to do. Because I think a lot of things that maybe we thought we addressed through the pandemic, now that we're kind of, we're not completely out, but now we're breathing, we're going to find out a lot more about the anxieties and the things that people mm -hmm. have been uh, hiding. Mm -hmm. And kids are mm -hmm. going to probably be scared to have play groups that they used to, those types of things as well. Oh, complete. Everything's changed. And I, I just find that it's up to each of us, you know, I myself being a mom, to create that leadership in your own family to maybe change the dynamics, maybe create your own groups within your community. You know, mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of family here. 
a lot of my family's still back home in Texas. And of course, when we go visit there, it's nice, but that's not a reality, you know, right, right. of every day. So you, you, you don't have to, but to myself, I say, you have to create your own community, your own friendships, invest in those relationships, invest in, in other people's time. And we only get so much time and we can only let so many people close to us know who we are and develop that and, and being authentic and, and, you know, because again, social media can portray this, you know, this person that you're following, but you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Absolutely. And it's, it's important yeah. not to compare yourself to what you're not like, it's just like I said, it's growing up and adulting to have being a parent and having a relationship if you have one or it's, it's all a lot of work. And, and it just think we all need to focus on being grateful for what we, we have and what we can grow. You obviously, when you team up with good people in your life, you're going to thrive and that's important. Absolutely. So let's talk about um, unicorn jazz a bit and talk, tell me what is it that the character teaches or tell me how you use it in the schools? Cause I, I, I often see, yeah. you know, like you're going to oh, the schools and you're seeing a speck of what you know, it becomes oh, yeah. our, our next generation. So yeah. what is it that, how is, how is the character used and, and uh, yeah, tell I'll, a little bit more I'll, about that? Yeah. So, um, so in the first book, I was, I'm holding up, um, Unicorn Jazz has a music note for a tale that's copyrighted. We wanted her to be unique in that way. So in the first story, Unicorn Jazz moves to a new land in search of new friends. She feels like she doesn't belong. She's shy and only her mom believes in her and sings to her. And so she goes to, to school and we, of course, we put the zoo. That's where animals would be something. And, and so the, the giraffes say, well, you don't look like the giraffe. They have two horns. She has one. The geckos, you know, say you can't play hide and seek. So, you know, developing the story. So, she, of course, she wants friends. She wants to feel like we belong. And how many times in life, I, I there's many of us that don't feel like we belong in whatever position. Maybe we are moved to a new city. We, we don't, we made fun of that kind of thing. So, finally, she meets a crow named Wolf, a name that a dog should have. I did that on purpose. And he says, wow, your voice is so cool. What I would give for a voice like, your, like yours. And he believes in her. And this character is so important. And he's somehow in all the stories, even if he's in the background. Because I often say it just takes one person to believe in you. And for me, it was my grandmother. And it was my teachers. And, it, and as I grew up, it was a business mentors. There were yes. my wolf, the crow. And we all have them, you know. And, how, and I said, maybe you grow up and be, you become wolf, the crow to someone. And that's what I get to do now is, is inspire people. I, lo I love that. So that really, if I were to think about in my, um, my world and what I talk about, Alisa, it's about listening to that deep internal voice about the why, about why are you doing what you're doing yeah. and what is your leadership story yeah. um, that makes you want to leave that. And let it shine. Yeah. 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 So he tells her, go out and sing the animal friends. Um, um, I'm summarizing, of course, for your listeners. Um, and so everyone listens to her voice and now they're like, think she's cool. She's awesome. Now they want to play with her. And uh, at the end of the story, they all sing a song. It comes with a friendship song and everyone's happy. And that, that was, that was the first story to introduce that. And I'll tell you boys, you know, so some, my teenage boy in the beginning wanted nothing to do with a unicorn because he's a sports <laughs> kid and da da da. And, and I was like, well, it's a story for everyone. I'll tell you when I go to schools and I read it with that heart, and I don't put any gender on, you know, I, I, I purposely did that. Um, 
boys will come up to me and fifth grade boys will be, I love unicorn jazz. I love what she represents. And that's what I wanted. And so then the next stories I created being happy with unicorn jazz and friends um, is also a book for even grownups to, to show what makes you happy and that essentially happiness is free. Just simple full page art. Like who yeah. likes to paint? You know, a lot of people like to paint. That makes yeah. me happy. And I go page by page and kids then and adults start sharing what makes them happy. I get to walk mm -hmm. on the beach today. I never did growing up because I grew up in the desert. So I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, I'll say things like who likes to dance or sing and almost every hand goes up. And so that, and so then being happy is that again, at any time in life, we can find our happiness. So I have other books, like I said, in the series, the, um, the help and give back is, and there's a song also, um, almost with all my books, we created songs. The, I was inspired by Sesame Street, which is why yes. I just show the thing I do, which music made it more impactful and meaningful. So beyond the books, I have activities and I have the music because I want children to really, you know, get to know the characters and love them. And they do. Once once teachers start introducing the characters and the roles they play, uh, it's just like I said, it's it's um it's limitless learning. But you know, I, I think I listen to you, right? And you know, the one thing that um the research shows is that um, how much more creative we are as adults when we play. And what's the first thing that happens when we get out of, you know, kind of into early adulthood and we get our first jobs. That's the first thing that seems to be lost is we perceive that being adult means an opposite of play, but in fact, that the opposite is being found in, in, in research. Yeah. Today. yeah. Oh yeah. Play make believe that that was an important part of my childhood. I love to play. And now that I created puppets, my, I turned unicorn jazz and Trey Ziki, who's named after my son. Remember my son that. Yes. What's, what's, uh, oh. what's the character for the uh, one for your son? So he's a zebra corn. And yeah. one day I pick up my son, I go, this is Trey Ziki named after you. His name is Trey. And he likes sports. Oh. He wears the number three, like my son. So now, now my son. Now likes, it's cool, right? Cause it's named it's after cool. him. <laughs> yeah. And um, so, but I did do a podcast. Um, it was a business podcast. And again, sometimes people are like, how are we going to find an angle with this in business? Well, like we always find the angle once they talk to me. Um, because again, my, my background is really still a uh, business background longer than I have been a children's author, although I might, I, I love being known as a children's author more. So, um, we taught in the business podcast, it was two guys and they never had a guest like me. I had my puppets. And then they started saying, what if we brought puppets into the boardroom meetings? And they were like, like you said, play, like, why do we have to stop playing? You know, the average, the average adult American laughs 17 times a day is, mm -hmm. and the average child laughs a hundred times a day so I want to be with the kids you know oh my god that sounds a lot more fun right and I think really when you think about it right if you can bring that levity right and clearly I'm seeing it from both angles as a psychologist right. but also um, within business and you know I talk a lot and about relationships and relationships I talk about return on relationships that's my uh, either mm -hmm. at home or at work and you know, awareness, connection, communication, how is it I, that I want to be seen and recognized? These are all core fundamental things that are in relationship that you're teaching through um, both of those characters. And we're teaching our children um, how to do them because as adults, we lose track of that deep down space within ourselves, right? We, mm -hmm. I think we come into the world with that, Lisa, absolutely, when we're born. 
And then what happens, I, I also, my, my story is, I feel like we get pricked and prodded so that gets removed. And then at some point we get connected with somebody like yourself or myself that says, why don't we get aware, right? Mm-hmm. It's almost like you have to relearn the thing that naturally you were born into. So I yeah. love this, that you're teaching this with- uh, um, and, you know, and, it's my, and it's my world, it's my world around me. Yeah. And, and, and when I'm around people that, you know, they don't love their job, they, you know, they, it's like they're worn out at the end of the day and I'm not worn out. If I have a full day speaking, it takes a lot of energy, but I do it again and again and again. I can um, imagine. Yeah. And, and so I, I do feel, I, I feel, I have empathy in the sense that like, wow, like, can you imagine to do something 40 hours or more if you're an entrepreneur, you tend to work more than that. And that you're just not in love with what you do. I, I, you know, and And to your point, to your point though, not everybody gets that, but if you get connected, um, you know, like these children are to that space about it, it's you're perfect the way you are. Just learn to listen and create from that space, whether we're doing a job that because we have to raise our families and it's not, I'm not able to be an entrepreneur, but at least if I realize, you know, I love to play the ukulele or I love to, you know, yeah. I love to dance and I've always right. wanted to go back to right. dance that I implement those things to be, exactly. be able to bring that space back into my life. And then in turn, it affects everybody around. Yeah. And maybe you yeah. work for a cool CEO that wants to have creative things like that. And and we know that, you know, cool CEOs or businesses that, that are, I don't want to say out there, but different, they, they, you know, employees want to stay longer. You want to work for a cool, fun company that has good leadership. And maybe maybe you can start looking around for something like that. And again, I know not everyone has that that luxury of maybe switching jobs or things like that. But again, I just believe this is why I love working with children is that if you could foster their love and joy for what they like to do, whether it's acting, singing, you know, one of my songs, acting, singing, chemistry, you know, there's so many possibilities. That's those are the words in my song. And, and to teach them, like, but that could still be a hobby outside of work. Maybe you're 40 years old and you've always wanted to play guitar, take YouTube lessons, hire somebody, you know, absolutely, like, because absolutely. if you are, if you are happy and thriving as an individual and we are, are living longer than ever, you're going to pour the happiness into your work. Maybe people around you are going to go, wow, like, I didn't know you were a singer and, and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I just feel like you know, when many of us, when we were young, we were hard pressed to, to grow up to do a job that's traditional. And as we know, there's all kinds of jobs out there that are, you know, like look at whoever, the people that invented Uber, right? Like that was something that- I know, never... and when I grew up in the islands, you had to become a doctor, yeah. lawyer, engineer, yeah. or teacher. And I'm See? like, uh, I don't fit any of those. And I thought, I wonder if they might pay me something to talk to people. And my friend said, that's not a job. I'm like, right. well, I don't know. I was 11 at the point. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, you are so right. So it, I think what I love about what you do, Lisa, whether it's in a boardroom, which I think mm-hmm. um, you're right, there are environments that create that, that space of um, play, which, which impacts creativity, which, you know, draws people because the, the generation of today, they're wanting to be in that space of their value. They want to be creative. They want to make a difference. They want an imprint. Whereas maybe in my generation or your generation, it was more like, okay, I'm going to do what I have to do. And then maybe I'm going to create a legacy at the end, right? But now the newer generation say, hold up, give me what I want. 
and I'll stay. But if you're not kind of giving me what I want, I'm going to use my feet and I'm going to go somewhere else. And with, with the new, uh, you know, the new resignation, that's what we're seeing, right? So oh, play, yeah. play equals creativity, which impacts people's ability to feel connected. And then the bottom line takes care of itself. It does. It does. And would it be? And the, to me, that's a beautiful way to live. And and you know, as a saying, you can be the change you wish to see in the world. And and I and I do see that happening more and more. And 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 the world is constantly changing, as we know. The one thing that we all can count on is change. <laughs> the the one constant. So I know you and I can probably keep chatting, but I would love, like, if let's say. It's a school. Now you're in California, but it doesn't matter. I'm in I'm in Canada, and there's need for this. And I, I, I travel. think regardless, I just, right? Yeah. No, um, I, or even for uh, you know, like you said, I think it's I, I I'm intrigued about play with uh, corporate environments because I think there there's definitely a need there. Of course, to the more uh, you know aware uh, environments. Yeah. But tell people a little bit about where to where to see you oh, know, jazz you. Yes. And, the, and the show, and if they wanted to consult with you. Um, where they could yeah. get a hold of you just to kind of chat with you about um, yes. uh, you coming into to their environment with these amazing characters. Oh, yes. Um, so my name is Lisa Caprelli. And um, if you go to unicornjazz.com, you can find all the social media connections, even LinkedIn. And I am very personable and do take the time to respond to people, especially anything involving change, helping and giving back. We work with Children's Hospital. We work with um, schools, Title I schools, kids in need. Again, I was once one of those kids receiving a handout. So to be able to help children, I never turn away a school or, or helping someone, you know, within my capabilities. Um, but you can go to Unicorn Jazz. You can go to lisacaprelli.com. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and I always welcome hearing from individuals. Um, again, if you're connected with, with children or, or have a way to help and give back um that's going to always be a soft spot for me as well so thank, thank you for, thank you thank so you. much for your time this has been amazing so what am i taking away i'm a taking away that let's find the kid in all of us and spend that time to invest in something that you love to do i you know it's it could be like uh, to, to lisa's point you wanted to learn how to play the violin and you never took that time um, or you like to art and, you know, you want to go and take an art class or play an instrument, take that time to invest in you, to reconnect with that space that's always there, that maybe you kind of avoided. Um, and now it's time because we're recognizing the more joyful we are, the more connected we are. And if we're connected, everything else falls into place. So again, uh, for anyone that I'm releasing my new book, ROR, Return Our Relationship. Um, and that's just about to be released. But if you're interested, there will be links for Lisa's information, but also my own. If you're wanting to know how authentically connected you are in relationships, there'll be an assessment that will be in the show notes. Uh, pop in, check it out, and then we'll um, we'll let you know where you kind of uh, bench and uh, next steps for there. So again, Lisa, thanks so much for your time. For everyone, thanks again. I'm so privileged for you spending this time with us uh, weekly, and we'll chat soon. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to Authentic Living with Roxanne, creating the space for positive, healthy change. Roxanne is a keynote speaker, psychotherapist, and coach. To work with Roxanne, visit roxanderhajcom slash blueprint. We'll see you next time on Authentic Living with Roxanne.